Hi, I'm Bridget Wood, and you're listening to Miso Scoop, the podcast. So, three weeks into my new Japanese life, and plenty of people have asked me, so how's it going? And this is how it's going. Today, I stole an old lady's walking stick. That's how it's going. I mean, inadvertently, of course. I was coming up the stairs of the metro, and this little old woman, shorter than me, and that's really saying something, was clinging onto the rail, dragging, and when I say dragging, I really mean dropping with reckless abandon, her shopping trolley down the stairs. Kathunk, shuffle, 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 kathunk, shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. So I thought I would do my good deed for the day and take the trolley down for her, letting her ease her way down the steps at her own time. So I took it down to the base, and instead of being grateful, she stood hollering at me in Japanese at the top of the stairs. Took me about a minute to realize that I had nicked her walking stick with the trolley on the way down. Whoops. So at the moment, this is probably the soundtrack to my life. Am I going around the twist? The answer at the moment would be yes. You see, I've uprooted my life to Tokyo, and every day is another mind bending episode of trying to work out what I'm doing, how I get places, how I do things. Even the most simple things have become a challenge here. Like around the twist, it's confusing and it's strange, but like every good episode, at the end of it, it's a bit of a good time. Now, it seems like every day I do have a bit of a deer in the headlights expression on my face, just looking at things and trying to work out what on earth is going on. But today, I felt like I was in my element and I was totally all over this Tokyo living thing when I walked into a store and this was playing. Oh yes, a bit of Delta Goodrum playing in downtown Tokyo. That's a good way to make an Australian feel like they're at home. So I guess though the question is, how exactly did I end up here? What on earth would make a young Australian girl pick up her life and move to Tokyo where I've never been before, I don't speak the language, um, and really have very little knowledge about? So at the end of last year, I graduated university with a degree in law and a degree in journalism and was job hunting for a journalism job, which I was fairly optimistic about. But the jobs just weren't coming in. I was searching, I was writing resumes, I was doing interviews, and nothing was really happening. So it got to Christmas time and there was still nothing, and I was facing a new year of still looking for jobs, writing another resume, which I couldn't possibly bear the thought of. And a job came into my inbox, a legal editor's job in Tokyo. So I guess maybe at the end of my tether a little bit, and quite impatiently, I sent off my resume. A few days later, they called for an interview. A few days later, I did the interview. And a few days later, I had the job a job as a legal editor in one of Japan's biggest law firms. So this was really exciting for me. I was super excited, but then it was starting to get apprehensive. I mean, I've traveled a lot. I've been to 35 different countries. I took a year off to travel, but I'd never been to Tokyo and I didn't know anyone here and I didn't speak the language. And I was starting a job, which is, I guess, nerve-wracking enough in a culture where 
the work ethic is extremely hard. The expectations are very high. So after the initial excitement wore off, it was quite daunting. So I guess this brings me on to work. Day one, Monday morning, I was starting this job and I arrived at the office, which just happens to be in the middle of Tokyo, right next to the Imperial Palace, overlooking the beautiful grounds and park. And I walk into the lobby, it's beautiful marble, up the lift, again all marble, into the reception, marble, beautiful bookshelves, awards, floor-to-ceiling windows overlooking the palace. And you have that thought of, am I out of my league? Have I really understood what I've gotten myself into here? Am I biting off more than I can chew? And look, I think at the end of the day, it's worked out quite well. For starters, there's endless supply of tea. And I mean every single type of tea. Tea bags, tea leaves, iced tea, Darjeeling even, darling. So it's really quite great for all the tea drinkers out there. However, people slurping away on their tea is about all you hear in the office. It is so quiet. I open my desk drawers as if I was burgling the joint and trying to be inconspicuous. Because if you open them normally, it's just so loud. And apart from this mind-numbingly silence, which is great for work but is also kind of intimidating, is the formality. Formality in Japan is crucial and these rules and guidelines and expectations really do form the structure of this society. So one of the biggest things that I've noticed and have had to adjust to since moving here is not being able to call people by their first names. If I was referring to someone, it would be the equivalent of calling them Ms. Wood, except here I call them Wood-san. However, if they are superior to me, I would call them Sensei, so Wood-sensei. Now, this is all very well and good, except it's difficult to know when you meet someone, what is their position? Are they a Sensei? Are they a San? Are they superior to me or are they on the same level as me? Equally, when you get an email, how should I be replying? And then it even gets more challenging when someone does start using their first name with you. I mean, how many emails and conversations and interactions can I have before I start calling them by their first name? I don't think there's a strict rule for this. I think it's just make it up as you go along, or I sure as hell will hope so, because that is what I'm doing at the moment. And so far, I don't feel like I've offended anyone just yet. Another really different thing about this work, apart from the probably immense amounts of Hello Kitty that are on the desks here in comparison to home in Australia, is that my work hours are from 2.30 in the afternoon till 11 at night. So the legal editors at my law firm work a split shift. There are day editors and there are night editors purely for the fact that the Japanese lawyers have this amazingly strong work ethic and are often there till the early hours of the morning. So by having one of us there till 11, we're at least on hand, making sure everything makes sense at all hours of the day. And after the secretaries leave at usually about 6 o'clock, at 11pm when I leave, I'm one of the first people to leave. When I leave my work and hop on the metro to come home, I can't get a seat. It is the only time in the day when I cannot get a seat on the metro is at 11.30pm. It's just such a different environment, a very formal, strict, hardworking, to the point that napping rooms are even incorporated into every single level. So apart from then having to work out 
what am I doing at work? There is this issue that I cannot speak Japanese. And I mean, literally cannot speak Japanese. I had these grand intentions when I got this job that I was going to learn this Japanese in the four or five weeks in the lead up to my departure while waiting for my visa to come through. And then I was going to get there and just blitz everyone with my fantastic Japanese skills. That hasn't happened. I wrote these palm cards with English on one side, Japanese on the other, of all these key phrases. I haven't even looked at the palm cards yet. I've been fantastically pathetic at learning Japanese. Even the things that I thought I did know. So I thought that if I knew Konnichiwa, at least I would know how to say hello. Only one person in the whole time that I've been here has said Konnichiwa to me. Apparently there's a million and one other greetings that are more commonly used. And it's hard for me to work out A, what the greeting is, and B, when am I supposed to use each of these greetings? Again, this is Japan where there's rules and formalities and norms that I'm not really used to and I'm really struggling to work out how it all works. Bowing, for instance, there are 36 different types of bows used in different occasions. I mean, I just thought it was a bend at the hips, head down, back up again, and you're done. No, wrong. I've got a master of 36 different types if I really want to become a true Japanese person. Luckily, they're fairly sympathetic to my cause and don't expect too much of me just yet. I think they're probably... The biggest issue with not speaking the language is that it's hard to make that connection with people. I mean, I miss going into the shops and having that inane conversation with the person at the counter. Just about nothing, really, but it was some type of human interaction. And at the moment, my human interaction is quite limited, otherwise to saying, please, can I have this, and thank you very much. So that is hard. Um, Another really big issue is ordering food. Often the menus are not in English and are only written in kanji characters uh, with no pictures or no explanations. So it really is a lucky dip when you're out. That So you hope that you can somehow point to someone else's dish in the restaurant and say, I want what they're having. A lot of people have asked me, am I going to learn Japanese? And I, I hope to at least learn basic conversational purely for the fact that it would help my life immensely at the moment. So at my workplace, there is a lovely lady, older lady, who comes in and as her hobby, teaches people. So I will hopefully sign up with Sensei and she can teach me how to be a real Japanese person and um, speak the language. Although most people who have taken lessons with her tell me that she just kind of becomes your Tokyo mum. So talking though of my mum and making connections... The big question is, do I have any friends here? And the answer is, not really. Friends are kind of hard to find. I mean, Tokyo has 38 million people in it. And to put that in perspective, the whole of Australia only has 24 million people. I mean, you think it would be easy amongst all of those millions and millions crammed into one city that you would find someone to be friends with. I mean, I know I've only been here two weeks and I haven't really had the chance to get out and about with learning to work and the new job and sorting my life out here. So I've not given up on the idea of friendship just yet. And I mean, at work, I think I'm making friends with my workmates and my secretary seems to really like me. She uses lots of smiley faces in her emails and gave me a chocolate the other day. So I think maybe we might become friends, but it's all a matter of time, I guess. 
I mean, I'm getting to that stage where I'm reconsidering the personal boundaries with people. At the bank the other day, I was opening a bank account and had to sit in the bank foyer for a little while to wait. And a woman came in and sat next to me, also wanting to open a bank account. So naturally, we got chatting about why we were opening these bank accounts, where we come from, and we both learnt we'd recently arrived in Tokyo. And she gave me her business card. And after this five-minute conversation, I left. But now, a few days later, I'm saying, well, should I email her? Should I somehow come up with some ruse to become friends with this woman? So, you know, my idea of what is a personal boundary is becoming significantly more extended as I've gotten to Tokyo and I'm looking to meet people. So in the future, I'm sure I will make some friends. But at the moment, it's just me talking to myself. And I guess talking to myself has now become making a podcast. So there you go. Anyone you know in Tokyo, send them my way to save my sanity. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the first issue of Miso Scoop, the podcast. And in using one of my very, very few Japanese words, I'm going to say arigato gozaimasu, or thank you very much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.